0: Hello everyone, I decided to do this episode completely off the top of my head. So this morning I was reflecting on religion and where I am with it. I recognize that In the world of religion, you see a lot of... The mansion concept. You see the cafes in the church. You see the bookstores in the church. You see the of the art entertainment. You see the concert venue called the Sanctuary. You see the mounted projectors and screens that resemble the ones you see in homes when it comes to the television set. you see that when they have plays they have swings attached to the ceilings of the church so they can be dramatic in terms of the spiritual climax being presented it could be a a Christian play You see the private jets. You see the Wi Fi lounges. You see the coffee shops. You see the out in the open seating area that resembles a household living room as soon as you walk in the front doors of the side doors of the church you see the eateries in the church you see the electrical outlets where you can charge your devices meaning the batteries of it you see the packed pews you see the packed pulpits see the crowded choir lofts. But those things tend to be about hiding the systemic and systematic dilemmas of the church. I'll name them out to you. You have ushers who are assholes. You have pastors who Barely recognize a member who hasn't been going for a few months, sees them, and acts like they're a total stranger. It says, well, I vaguely remember you. Most of them don't ask why that person doesn't come back to church. That person, that pastor may ask, but they really don't want to know. That's the way of guilt-tripping you to never leave church because the pastor feels like you're threatening my pastoral privilege. So that experience is definitely the reasons why some people never darken the door of a church. Darken the door means, in this case, means they don't come back. If somebody like says I'm going to darken the door of this, that means i come back. If they say I'm never darken the door, that means they never come back. You have ministries that don't cater to males who are survivors of rape. You have ministries who think that they're all the help that a person struggling with alcoholism needs. But they're not encouraged to receive appropriate therapeutic support. In fact, they're discouraged from receiving the needful psychiatric support as well. Other things I saw in church was the spiritual immaturity. In church, sadly and tragically, you have more milk pastors than meat pastors. You have more milk preachers than meat preachers. You have more milk pulpiteers than meat pulpiteers. You have more meat people leaving the church than the milk people. Um you have more milk reverends than meat reverends. You have more milk deacons and deaconesses than meat deacons and deaconesses. You have more milk ministers than meat ministers. Um, You have more milk guests than meat guests. You have more milk pews than meat pews. More milk pulpits than meat pulpits. You have more milk choir laws than meat choir laws. You have more milk church leadership than meat church leadership. You have more milk regular attendees than meat regular attendees. Um... You have more milk members than meat members. You have more milk fresheners than meat fresheners. Meat means spiritual maturity. Means that they're seasoned. Milk means they won't even eat the solid food. They just drink, they wanna be eat. They just drink the milk, they wanna be baby. They want pacifiers, they want you to wipe their diapers. They wanna keep saying goo goo ga ga mama dada because spiritual maturity is glamorized. They see it as part of the glitz. While spiritual maturity is frowned upon, it's a laughing stock in church. I remember being in church and I recognize that pastors tend to allow themselves to be doormatted by the members. Some of the members are there to get the pastoral permission to, to sin. For example, they feel like the best ways that they can punk the pastors is to tell them or even ask them about how they're unhappy in their marriage. And they say, they'll lie and say, Pastor, i done everything I can. I feel like God's called me to divorce. And of course, most pastors would say, we got to, can, can you and your spouse meet with me or, or a, a therapist about this? Because divorce is no joke. And it's for some reason they'll say no, which makes the pastor... Some pastors get suspicious about this, like, your marriage is falling apart, you come to me, I'm offering you to get help with a trained professional or to, let's go over it with me or both, I could be with the Christian therapist to help y'all and you're saying you don't want it. The reason why they're saying no is because they want to keep cheating on their spouse. So... Even if the spouse is doing everything right, they still want to sexually have their cake and sexually eat it too. So, some some of the people that are lined up to talk to the pastor and shake the pastor's hand, hug the pastor, it's not completely a good thing. It's not. Because... You have pastors who often don't tell the congregations, no, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. You are supposed to be prophetic to the congregation. Rejecting the fact that Sometimes no is the most prophetic word that you can give somebody. If you don't have holy boundaries with your congregation. That ultimately means you don't have holy boundaries with the one you call God. If they don't respect God's holy boundaries, they don't respect God. And so those are things I noticed about church. These are some of the reasons why I left. Because I figured they're attracted to making churches be stadiums and arenas and fields. You know, we got to have preachers and speakers who have a Hollywood vibe about them that makes all these seats filled up beyond capacity to the point where we have to turn away buses and cabs and taxis and Ubers and Lyfts and trains in terms of people who came to the church for the preachers and the speakers, even the music. But I've seen Christians be turned away and they all had to come come back home indignant, flustered and frustrated, very much so upset. Seeing these things happen in church, you would have shuttle buses who would try to make sure that people can come to the church, but they had to be turned away because there's too many people in the church. All the seats are filled up. And you can come to church very early. Not everybody can leave their job early. Not all bosses and not all worlds of work and not all workplace cultures, not all workplaces allow a person to just leave early whenever they wanted to or to dock some time off because some people's bosses don't allow them to you can only you can work about four or six hours and after the fourth or sixth hour, I know that you're a person of faith. you can go to that revival, you can go to that symposium, you can go to that con- leadership conference, those type that conference, those type of things because if they leave early, their boss says you can but you will not be paid. Some Christians have to deal with that they don't get paid if they leave. So some of them take the risk of, I know I won't be paid, but I'm going a, I'm to a leave early anyway because I also want to network with some people. And one of the reasons I want to network with some people is I don't want to keep working for this lousy boss of mine. I want to eventually network with the right people where I can have a better boss, where I can come to things like this. And even if I leave early. I still get paid. And. I've seen Christians. Drive back home. In tears. We don't know what they go through. At home. They. they, Their faith is. They may feel like. If I just leave my abusive home. If I just leave. My abusive spouse. If I leave this home filled with those who don't want to end their alcoholism or they don't want to stop you know smoking tobacco like there's no tomorrow as if it's a permanent chimney then I need help so sometimes Christians a lot of them try to escape their home life. And they're like, I still want to worship. I still want to find the right people to help me deal with the situation and help me put in a better situation. These things happen in church that a lot of people don't talk about. And I figured that a lot of people in church... My best friend told me this. A lot of people come to church hungry, but they don't get fed. A lot of people come to church with burdens and leave out with more burdens. A lot of people come to church thirsty, but they don't get any liquid to drink. A lot of people in church, as my best friend said, won't do their goddamn jobs to alleviate the agony that people are enduring. A lot of the preaching is about get you happy so I can preach you happy. A lot of the preaching is about pretending that there are no sex scandals in the church. A lot of the preaching is about pretending That there are no sex cults in the church. A lot of the music, a lot of the praise and worship is about pretending that there are no terrorist cults in the church, that there are no political cults in the church, that there are no organized crime cults in the church. A lot of the praise and worship and music and preaching is all about pretending that there are no racist cults in the church. Pretending that there are no. Child abuse cults in the church. uh, Pretending that there are no. Adult abuse cults in the church. They love to pretend. That there are no. Rape culture cults. In the church. They love to pretend that there are no. Murder cults in the church. No suicide cults in the church. No. Embezzlement cults in the church you have people in church who are house poor, working poor but you got pastors who drive luxurious cars even limos they have a similar limo that the president of the United States has You have ATMs in the church, but massive unemployment is rising in the church. You have money being being slammed onto altar calls, but you have gigantic underemployment rising in the church. Homelessness and evictions are skyrocketing in the church. But the pulpits are making hundreds of thousands of dollars per month. You have these revivals and tent meetings and camp meetings and conferences and convocations and consecrations. These seminars and these workshops that are... that leave no seat not sat on... But No one is helping The members To go about entrepreneurship You have entrepreneurs Who can't do entrepreneurship Because no one is loving enough To help them That happens in church You have people who They're so obsessed with Dave Ramsey's Financial literature But you have those who in church who can't balance a checkbook. They don't save their money. They spend their money recklessly. No one is helping them to invest their money so money can make money and grow in their sleep. They are misusing credit cards and their credit card debt is piling up. You have members who they can't pay the bills, can't pay the mortgage, can't pay the rent, can't pay the heat bill, can't pay the water bill, can't pay the light bill. They can't even afford any and all types of insurances. They can't even figure out how can I help the least of these receive all of this. Common seven to eight income streams that millionaires have. A lot of them, a lot of churches don't help out with creating affordable housing for people with disabilities, for battered and bruised, abused survivors, uh, f- for those facing racism's inequities regarding housing discrimination and we're black, indigenous people of color. And you have people in church who, the only clothes they have are the nightclub clothes that they wear. And you got church women who are jealous of them because they can rock the curves. But those church women who have been on earth for quite some time They can't rock those outfits no more. So instead of taking them shopping, they want to basically slut shame these younger ladies. And a lot of church people abuse the megachurch concept. 3,000 people were joined the church in the book of Acts. But they'll go, that's the mega church. No. No. The believers of that time lift up to it. everything is said about the book of Acts. And how many believers are willing to give give up their possessions and sell their properties just so the least of these can be the only ones that truly benefit. That, there's a particular verse in the book of Acts no, 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 I'm going to do this all the top of my head. I got to trust my thinking. Trust your head. Trust your head self. Um, let me go about what I know. There's a verse in the particular Acts of Book of Five, Acts chapter 2, verse four, five and I remember from memory, says they sold all their possessions and gave up, they sold their properties, gave up their possessions for, so people can benefit, can truly benefit, right, to give to people in need, i paraphrase. They would not even allow poverty to be a reality for anybody in the church. And they were big on caring for orphans and widows and strangers and abuse survivors. Because the church back then was not a building. Church was somebody's home. It's like, if you had a cousin, you went to your cousin's house, your cousin's house, if they were believer that was church for that day. Church was not a set place. It was everywhere you went was the church. If you were in someone's home, let's say you had a coworker who was a believer. Your mother is a believer, your grandmother's a believer, your grandfather's a believer, your family's full of believers. Every home you went to where the believer was, that's where the church, that was the church house. It wasn't just an actual house. It was a church home. That was where your church family was. Because the first century Christians understood that, okay, we know that it's our job to help raise the dead if we can help it. If we can restore sight to the blind, we're going to do that. If we can break bread with each other, have everything in common, be of one mind and one heart, we enjoy each other's company, then God is going to take care of us. Then God's going to add more numbers to God's church. That's how the first century Christians thought back then. They gave what they had. If the first if you introduced the prosperity gospel to the early church, they would have been pissed off. They would have been so angry. They're like, "How dare you feed us this blasphemous heresy. This is not Jesus at all. Jesus was not about Popping your collar. Jesus was not about flashing all your rocks. Jesus was not all about hitting switches and have cars of hydraulics. Jesus was. They're like they would say Christ wasn't rolling in his six four. They would say. Christ was not a red carpet Hollywood dude. Why are you feeding us this this mess? That's how. That's what they would say back. If you told them that, they would be ready to punch you in the face because they would be so angry of, you're trying to keep us from being mature in the faith. We're not tolerating that. And they would hate the Hollywood spirit that's overtaken the church in the words of Bishop T.D. Jakes. They would be like, so you come in a church because that speaker's on TV. But if they weren't on TV, you wouldn't be in the pews trying to get a word from the Lord from them. The early church would have had a fit. Oh yeah, the early church had similar problems. They had their... They had their scandals that we have today, they had them back then. What made them different was you had people like Peter and Paul willing to chin check them on it. Like actually write books of, you know, write it in your books. Like, Hey, I'm calling all out. Back then it was okay to call out church members for their scandals. Paul did it. Peter did it. It wasn't tolerated. Back then, they were like, oh, no, 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 no. What you're not going to do is live a double life. Mm-mm. we well, you know, the church doesn't have Peter's and Paul's very much today. They let scandals happen. Paul and Peter, whoo, they, they, let's just say the church people are running for their lives if Peter and Paul found out what was happening today. So back then with the church, people had things in common. They didn't, ca- you know, even Paul had to check Peter for his racism against those who weren't Jews. So he checked them in public. So, of course, back then, you, they didn't, it was not cool to just quote unquote sin and get away with it Mm-mm. you had to be sincere with God or else you would get put out the early church was much more sensitive to um for God now of course my only gripe with the early church is they did not put up a fight against Constantine and his yanking of Christianity So the early church was not perfect. But I would say the early church was. Is better than the modern church. Because. Even though the early church. Should have kept their fire going. In terms of. um, If you're going to say you're about something. Actually be about it. That's my grip Early church. Like, if you're serious about Jesus, then don't let Rome hijack you because that's how you get Trump hijacking. Early church, oh man. This, I'm talking about before Constantine, if you introduced him to Donald Trump, ooh. Donald Trump wouldn't last long in the early church. Mm-mm. If you told him, if you, you know, if Donald Trump told them, I am about Jesus, they would have laughed him out of the church. He wouldn't have, a, he wouldn't have anything more to say because he would have gotten kicked out and they would have pointed and laughed at this dude. They would have performed so many exorcisms he couldn't come back to the church. And when it comes to like people in need, there ha- there are different gospels that a lot of believers don't want to admit. What the gospel is to one believer may be different for somebody else. So you have some people feel like social justice is the way of honoring the gospel some believers feel the way, while some feel like if I just evangelize and give out tracts, you know, talk to people who are, um, different than I am, then that is how, um, I can lead people to Jesus. So you have that argument in the church about... Is social justice the right way? Is this textbook evangelism the other way? Is it biblical just social justice? And, and I would just say... Just say biblical social justice and keep it moving. Stop whining over... Irrelevant matters, you know? And then... I notice in church that they have a mean way of evangelizing. best friend talks about it. They intrude upon people, constantly badger people to interrupt what they're doing to make time for the gospel. The person may say, keep saying that they don't have time right now. They'll get to you in a minute. But they mean spiritually. keep hounding the person to stop what they're doing right now. And then the person just goes off on them. And doesn't make any more time for them ever because of that. I've seen that. I've seen. I've heard people in church make fun of atheists. Um, they'll say things like, "Yeah, you're gonna be believing on your deathbed. You you don't you don't want to be flamed up when you' about to meet the the Most High Maker." I've heard that ignorance. Um... I remember I had an experience with one of my uncles who's a pastor. I preached at his church three years ago, and um, what I remember was after after the church, after I preached the service, shortly after that he visited me at this. Place in Southwest DC. I don't want to say the name. I don't want to get sued. Um, He said, Oh, you can bring um, people to the church. who are special needs families, people with special needs. He's like, oh, where are the kids? But he never helped me to do that. And this is the same person who came to a National Down Syndrome Society meeting very late. He he asked me, since you know these people can you help me to come to a meeting, he only went to one, showed up Late like two minutes before everybody's about to close. Hey, how you doing? Da-da-da-da. And he never um, went to another virtual meeting we had on Zoom or even talked to them again. And that was very distasteful to me. It still is. And then I had to have him understand this because he was asking me. Um, when I told him that there's a misapplication of the Bible and Christianity is declining and the church is failing people, especially people with disabilities. And then he arrogantly asked me, what have I done? And I thought to myself... When did it become Christian to not take full responsibility for one's misdeeds and inaction in silence? Why the arrogance? Why the combat? why be combative? Why be argumentative? Why be debative? Um, why be warfaring? Why I try to go tick for tat with your I with the, I got your questions I got your statements why I try to say the same thing in a different way or try to make me say the same thing in a different way in different ways and then I figured that guilt makes people lash out, especially if it's unresolved and so i've learned that in church that people have made it okay to be intellectually lazy spiritually lazy physically lazy they don't want to help they don't want to do it they don't even have the audacity to even say i don't want to help i don't want to do it they want everyone else to do all the christian work for them believers want each other to do the do all the Christian work for each other they all want Jesus to do all the Christian work for them you can't learn, grow and evolve in Jesus if he does all the work for you and then I learned that church has a codependency problem I I know I should help people with disabilities but church people might not be on board, you want to cater to their ableism. I want to help black people, but church people have a problem with it. You want to cater to their racism. I know I should take a stand for rape survivors and domestic violence survivors, incest survivors. But church people may have a problem with it. You want to cater to to their rape culture. You want to cater to their survivor, abuse survivor phobias. They're abuse survivor phobic and you want to feed that in them. Doesn't scripture say they do not need to go away? You give them something to eat? That means Jesus saying you take the first step. Only care about what I think. Don't care about what those other church people think. I've given you the approval and that's all the approval you need. So these are more the reasons why I left I'm one of the millennials who left the church and droves. I noticed that they demonize people. I noticed that in church, there is Christianized tribalism, Christianized elitism, Christianized nihilism, Christianized fatalism, Christianized pessimism, Christianized cynicism, um, Christianized narcissism. Christianized favoritism, Christianized nepotism, Christianized cronyism, uh, Christianized sociopathy, Christianized psychopathy, uh, Christianized psychopathy, um, Christianized toxicity, Christianized negativity, Christianized difficulties. Christianize sexism Christianized misogyny Christianized misandry Christianize xenophobia Christianize queerphobia Christianized statutory rape. Christianized pedophilia. Christianized child molestation. Christianized sexual assaults, Christianized sexual bullying, Christianized sexual violence. You have have people who are more into... Let's make church look like an airport. You see all these types of food restaurants in the church. Or they have their own versions of food places in the church but they're not adopting private schools and public schools. They're not adopting police precincts. They're not adopting rape shelters. They're not adopting domestic violence shelters. They're not adopting broken homes. They're not adopting dysfunctional families. I say adopting meaning you Make it your business to know them so true reformation, true repentance, and true redemption can be commenced and began. They don't adopt these fire departments. They don't adopt businesses, whether they're secular faith-based. They don't build coalitions and partnerships with the establishments and institutions in their, in these communities, they don't really make it their business to build um, relationships with, um, with advocacy, with advocates of advocacy and activists of activism. They don't adopt restaurants. Um... They don't even build relationships with the intelligence community and federal law enforcement. They should. They don't build relationships with abuse prevention entities. They don't build relationships with psychology firms and rehabilitation centers and recovery centers and therapist/ counselor Offices slash private practices—they don't build relationships with these people. All they want is the same the same fandom you'll see at a rock concert. They want that at church. They they want the groupy vibe. They want the screaming and the hollering and the running around and the backflips and the cartwheels and the um, acrobatic gymnastic behavior you see in church. They want the gyrating like you're at Elvis Presley concert. That's all they want. They want the pastor's name to be screamed as if they're a groupie who wants to scream the name of the rocker while having sex. They want to do that with the pastor. And they run. they run into each other at the nightclubs. They play the lottery together, gambling together, casinos. They frequent strip clubs together. They they go to adult type of parties together, but they want to challenge each other. Like, what you doing here? Why are you here? And the person's like, what you doing here? Why are you here? Then that person has to get quiet. Like, oh, we're here for the same reason. Because it's okay to live a double life and to double dip and to double deal and go to church the next day as if you didn't do the nightlife the night before. Yeah, I was at the same bar and taverns, which wanna act like, oh, we're holy, we're, 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 we're super holy ghost filled, squeaky clean all the way. Lies, 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 lies. Or as I colorfully love to say, bullshit, 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 bullshit. Bullshit. So. It's okay. To denounce gay marriage. But you've been. Remarried. About. Six times. And you're the pastor. So you have several failed. Heterosexual cisgendered marriages. And then. There's this jealousy of gay people. Well they. 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 They don't have a high gay divorce rate, but we have a high straight divorce rate. Mm. But you want to deny gay people marriage licenses. That's fucked up. And then you have church people who disagree with each other on everything. They fight over abortion. They fight over homosexuality. They fight over transgenderism. They Fight over profanity. They fight over cohabitation. shacking up. They fight over marital sex. They fight over fornication. They fight over promiscuity. They fight over casual sex. They fight over condoms. They fight over the nightlife. They fight over adult entertainment and porn. They fight over masturbation. They fight over erotica. They fight over whether adult comedy clubs are a sin or God's cool with it um, they fight over should we watch secular music should we should we watch should we listen to secular music should we watch secular television they fight over should we work in secular workplaces or not should we do should we be the one to frequent? Um, secular institutions or not. They fight over... Should we go to secular parties or not? Is it a sin to go to happy hour on the job? They fight over... Is it okay to go to baseball games? Is it okay to go to basketball games? Is it okay to go to football games? Is it okay to go to hockey games? Is it okay to go to soccer games? Is it okay to go to the county fair? And um is it okay to go to dances? Is it okay to go to the movies? Is it okay to go to concerts? Is it okay to go to shows? Is it okay to go to performances? Is it okay to go to these monster truck events? Is it okay? They they even fight over alcohol. They fight over marijuana. They fight over contraception. They fight over pl- family planning centers. They fight over cervical Cervical like cancer screenings. Should we eat soul food or not? Should we have, Should we follow the, the Old Testament, New Testament dietary restrictions or not? Is God against fast food? Should all of our home meals be Should all of our meals be home cooked? Is it sin to go to the buffet? Is it a sin to go to coffee shops and cafes? Is it okay to consume caffeine or not? Is it even okay to drink sodas and soda pops? Is it okay to watch documentaries? Is cinematography a sin? Is filmography a sin? Is it okay to use YouTube and be Christian? Is it okay to gamble as a Christian? They fight over everything in church. Tomorrow, I'm going to share all the final reasons why I left church. I gave you most of the taste just now.